I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Thomas Mai. And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, Not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like minded creatives and help each other subscribe email us and be part of the creative journey welcome to episode six of craving creativity i'm zancy weber and i'm thomas mike and today we're talking about something that's very close to my particular creative experience which is mental illness in the creative arts yes so there has always been an association with uh, the creative arts and, and being creative and mental illness, like the idea of a, uh, cra- a crazy genius or a, a, uh, insane people. And I, I think it harks back to what we we're talking about with like the, uh, the Greek ideas of the muses being channeled through someone. Yes. Whereas that, that is very similar to uh, certain um, descriptions of a schizophrenic experience. Yes. Um, so to start off, we'll talk about my diagnoses. Yes. <laughs> so throughout my life, I have been in order diagnosed as an insomniac. Uh, as having obsessive compulsive disorder, having anxiety and having depression. Wow. Um, so I struggle mostly with anxiety and depression. Uh, OCD is mostly under under control and insomnia is at a manageable level mostly. But having had a personal experience with mental illness and being involved in creative circles, I have noticed that a lot of people in creative circles also have some sort of mental illness. Um, So there have been lots of studies done that recognize this correlation. Um, Nothing causative has ever been proven. Um, So it's not that the creative arts make you insane or cause mental illness. And it's not necessarily uh, that that if you have a mental illness, you're more likely to be creative. Um, The leading hypothesis is that if you have a mental illness, you might be drawn to the creative arts Mm. as a way to express your difference. Yes. Um, So I have a quote here from... From Lord Byron, uh, who, while not a great guy, is definitely a recognized creative. Uh, and he says, We of the craft are all crazy. Some are affected by gaiety, others by melancholy, but all are more or less touched. Mm. And so I would like to 
to hear what uh what you have to think and what will you think about this particular kind of correlation and how creativity and mental illness work together because I mean I mean the most famous example is of course Van Hoch's yeah yeah, yeah. um and he I mean there are lots of ideas about what uh he went through yeah. in his life and then yeah. like obviously he was not diagnosed with anything but mm. we we have the stories yes um well first of all I want to thank you for for doing this podcast with me and second of all I want to thank you for opening up about this because uh, yeah. as we get starting to get to know each other through this podcast medium <laughs> and trying to figure out you know who we are but also what this podcast is going to be about yeah in the first couple of episodes I can't remember what episode it was you mentioned mental illness here and there yeah and I didn't know <laughs> when you mentioned that whether I should follow up on that or yeah, not absolutely. follow up on it. And I didn't know whether it's something we should talk about or not talk about. But as we are defining what this podcast is, we, you and I agree that we should you know, open up ourselves a little bit yeah, more. Absolutely. And, and, and this is a safe space. We say I that for fun, but it also <laughs> it, it is a safe space where we, where we share the struggles, yeah. the ups and the downs. And that's mm -hmm. what this, when we are craving creativity, that's what this podcast literally is. And so I want to thank you for, for talking openly about this. Many yeah. people, uh, some people are ashamed or don't want to, you know, they're, they're hiding behind or this polished look or this polished image or whatever. Absolutely, but so, yeah. so I want to thank you for, for, for sharing this. Um, and, 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 and doing that. Um, personally, I was also diagnosed when I was uh, much younger, when I was, I was depressed. Mm. And back in the day, you take these pills, what they do is they create this chemical balance in your brain, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. And I was so struggling with my, what's the purpose of my life? Yeah. Where am I going? Yeah. What's the meaning? <laughs> who, who should I be? Who should I become? What should I do? And um, I want to share a little bit of story. It's a little bit long, but it's very powerful. So, so bear Please. with me here. So my girlfriend at the time, her name, is, her name was Sophia. She, her name is still Sophia. Um, she, um, we had been vacationing in, in, in Venezuela for a month, as you do when you're young and well, love and happy. You? Why wouldn't you be? So we rented this car. We drove around Venezuela and we saw La Gran Sabana. And we, it was amazing. It was an amazing trip. And we came back, and this was the days before cell phones. Yes, there's a time before cell phone. <laughs> I also existed uh, okay, okay. briefly <laughs> in that time. All right. <laughs> we came home, you know, tan, happy, in love. It's been a great trip. And we came home, and there was literally 85 messages on her entering machine at home. Right. And she just started playing them. This is not good. Where are you? We need to find you. Blah, 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 blah. And it turns out her brother had collapsed. Ugh, and yeah. he was admitted to hospital. And the last place you got comes to the hospital right away. So we eventually got to the hospital, which was quite close by where we were. And he they had induced him to coma. Yeah. And we came from this happiness, sort of honeymoony kind of feeling to mm -hmm. suddenly come home and there is her brother in induced coma. And hour by hour, it got worse and worse and worse. And one point they came and said, we have to turn this machine off. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. no longer here. And my girlfriend at the time, Sophia, I mean, she, I mean, how do you deal with that? This was her older brother. This was her right, mentor. Yeah, yeah. He was six, seven years older than her. He's always been there. He's always been a support. He was a great guy. Magnus was his name. And we had to turn the machine. And I'm standing there dealing with the mother yeah. <laughs> of, of, of Magnus and then dealing with the mother of Sophia. And, and, and we're the only one in this hospital. And this, this woman comes and says, we have to turn the machine. It was very, very cold. It was just a matter of the fact that he's no longer there. But, and we weren't giving a choice. You couldn't yeah, say... Yeah. I mean, or at least we didn't know because they come in there with their authority. So 
Anyway, this thing happens. Terrible things. Magnus is no longer here. I suddenly have to start arranging a funeral. And, yeah. and my, my girlfriend starts going into what's her meaning of life, right? And she starts searching. She starts searching, 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 searching. And she reads old books and seminars. And again, this is before the internet, so there's not <laughs> many online things. But she reads this book by this one guy. And you might have heard of him. You might have opinion about him. And, and, and a lot of people do. But his name is Tony Robbins. Yes. And yep. he wrote a book called, uh, oh, my God. What's the big breakthrough? Uh, Unleash the power within. And she, I remember we were on a beach and she started reading it and she just went out of her mind of happiness, yeah. of positiveness. My God, this means this, this means that. And she just got completely absorbed into this. And she went to one of his seminars in San Diego or California. We were living in Copenhagen yeah. at the time. And she flew over and spent a week in one of his seminars and she never came back. <laughs> she, okay. she just yeah. was there. She got into it and she just wanted to work for this guy. So she started working for him and they were you know creating an organization blah 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 so she started work for him which was awesome and i was like what okay well then maybe i should go live in california as well as, as you just <laughs> decide you do as a young man so because of what i did in my film business and the connections i had i managed to get visas and all that stuff so i yeah. moved to la she was living in san diego where his headquarters was in something called la Hoya. anyway um i don't know was it this doesn't matter she lived in la Hoya. um my 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 my, my story with that was that i went over there and then she brought me to one of these seminars mm. and for me that was an eye-opener it gave me a kick a much much needed kick up my butt and it gave me this whole victimization that i always victimize myself it's i'm right feel yeah. sorry for thomas oh it's not it's not hard for thomas it's not fair for thomas you know this this story this internal dialogue I had I had yeah. written for yeah. myself and it just rewired it and it gave me such a big kick that I came out and I was no longer depressed. <laughs> it, it, it sounds yeah. like, hey, click, 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 happy, happy, <laughs> happy. But this is this is what happened. So since then, I haven't been depressed. I still have moments where I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. I still have moments where I get stressed, which we talked about <laughs> in a different other episode. I'm certainly not perfect in any way, shape or form, but it gave me a, a purpose and a belief in myself that I didn't have before. Yeah. And, and it... <laughs> Out of that misery came something positive for me. So that's my <laughs> long story of how I've been trying to 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 deal with this. So yeah. so that's that's my long answer to your <laughs> to your question. If I've had any experiences in in this in this area, yeah. Uh, did you did that change your approach to your creative processes in any way? Like, were you did I assume like you felt a lot more confident yes. after, after you came out of it? Yes. So did that did that spawn like a whole bunch of like new ideas and new work, or was it or was it much the same no, processes? It, it, just it, it spawned a different- whole different sense of direction and purpose right. for me. Yeah. The meaning of my life. Uh, it's, it's, it sounds cheesy. It sounds corny. And what can you achieve in three days doing a seminar? Nah, but purpose you know, is purpose. It, it, it's it's a, yeah. the whole idea is, and yes, he comes across as cheesy and all that stuff. And he talks a lot about himself and this. But the first night you're there, they break you down the way where you do something that's impossible, right? Yeah. You get to walk on ten meters of hot burning coals on your bare feet, right? Something yeah. that is technically speaking impossible. Yeah. And I did it. And and and, and you, you, everything in your body says, "Don't do it. Don't do it. You're an idiot. Don't <laughs> step on these whole cold fires." But he sets you up to believe that you can do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it's up to possible. So you, you go into this, you anchor yourself, you go into all these different uh, bodily emotions and you, you tell your body you can do it. You tell your mind most possibly you can do it. Yeah. And I did it and I didn't burn myself. And people who didn't believe, they did burn themselves. Right. So yeah. you had to believe. So it's like a, a, a jump, an act of faith, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So I came out with a sense of purpose and direction and a string things of, 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 I could do this. And the rest of my life, I've very much lived my life on the edge, yeah. jumping before I looked, right? <laughs> and else that's also what's got me in trouble many times. And well, last episode, we talked about it being stressed because I don't always have a contingency plan <laughs> of how to pay the bills, which drive my wife nuts. <laughs> but that's a different story. So it's gave me that, that perspective. But let's let's go back to, to you and your diagnosis and, mm-hmm. and the multiple things that you have. How do you deal with each and every one of them? Is it all the same time? Do you compartmentalize them? What do you... Yeah, so I guess a lot of my my process of dealing with my mental illnesses is being able to recognize what my brain is doing to me um, without thinking like, what am I doing to myself? So OCD uh, particularly is really like uh, intrusive thoughts. So thoughts come out of nowhere and you can't get rid of them. Um, So dealing with that is like saying, okay, that's that thought isn't me. That thought is something that is being done to me. Yes. Um, and once that you kind of have your head around that, you can recognize the the lies that your brain is telling you yeah. when it comes to anxiety and when it comes to depression. Um, and those lies are usually very similar when you're to the lies that your brain tells you when you're working on something and you're like, this isn't good enough. No one's going to like this. This isn't this creative thing that you're doing is, is bad. Um, and I think that that is kind of how I've justified my creative processes is that like, I'm just going to be doing what I'm doing and my brain can think whatever it wants. Um, that's when it's good. So I am, I am currently medicated for anxiety and depression. Okay. Um, and that really just gives me the ability to actually get up, move and do things. Mm. My experience of depression is very physical. Yeah. So I will have so little energy. Mm. Um, I have a chronic leg injury. And yeah. so when I'm depressed, that really stops me from wanting to move because it, it feels the actual pain is so much more intense. Okay. Um, and so that the medication helps with that as, as, aspect of of day-to-day life, creativity is something that really can only happen when I'm feeling mm. good. Um, if I am in a depressive state, that means that really cuts out any everything but the bare minimum. Yes, um, everything becomes mechanical, and that's kind of why I set. Like we spoke yesterday, we spoke last episode about um, uh, using stress. Yes. and and how we deal with that. That's why everything, all of my creative processes are so compartmentalized and yeah. step by step. And like because when when I'm depressed. I can still do them. Mm. The creativity is just going to be less inspired. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think I when when I became part of a creative theatrical community. Yes. That's when it. I really became aware that like this is not an uncommon experience. People who have this kind of experience where they are they feel that they are lacking in some way or uh, have mental illnesses. Um, there seems to be a great number of them in the theatre community, in the mm. creative 
creative community. And I think I personally think that they gravitate towards that, Mm. that expression because it is, it's escape. You're not, you're not being who you are. So you can, you can escape your brain telling you that you're a bad person by like, well, I'm not Zane today. I'm Jean Valjean. So (laughs) your lies don't apply to me. (laughs) Multiple personalities like that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Way to deal with it. Yes. Uh, and, and also like when it comes to the writing and the creation of, of things, I think mental illness is a, is a window into human experience that, uh, quote unquote, normal people or people who don't, who are neurotypical don't usually get to see, um, because they are dealing with life on a day-to-day basis. They, they're not, they're not constantly struggling with an existential crisis of why should I get up? Mm. Why should I do anything? (laughs) Um, and so usually, uh, so people who have depression will usually have an answer when you're like, why should I get up and do anything today? And they'll be like, well, dogs are pretty cute. So <laughs> yeah. maybe you want to go out and see if you can meet a dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Um, and yeah. And so that is, that's kind of my, my experience with mm. uh, mental illness. I've, my anxiety is what has, I've managed to harness yeah. and turn into this, my productivity. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Because my anxiety is always like, well, you've got this thing to do. You can't, you can't, you can't relax yet. You've got this thing to do. I'm like, yeah. well, let's get it done. And then I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, that led me into a l- for a good period, like four or five years of really unhealthy work practices, like okay. really just working all the time. Yeah. If I didn't have anything on, I would find something to do, to do and it. obsess about it and get and <laughs> really run it into the ground and run myself into the ground. So that was your escapism where you escaped into your work by not focusing yeah. on your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, really like, so this is where it gets very complicated because my OCD mm. can team up with my anxiety and my anxiety can team up with my depression. <laughs> my depression <laughs> can team up with my OCD and all of, uh, all of them except depression team up with my insomnia and the depression and insomnia really polar opposites. Yes. Um, so the anxiety drove me to do unhealthy work practices, which which meant just meant that I was over committing. I would say yes to everything. I would try everything. I would do everything. Um, I would try to be everything to everyone, and not not only just in my creative pursuits, but in my work pursuits and my personal pursuits. It's like I'm going to be the best friend I can be to you because I need to do something. Um, and so really, what came from that, in, and that's when when I started having therapy after I had a breakdown after I worked myself into the ground. And that's when I had to start consciously thinking about what is my brain telling me Mm. and how does that relate to reality? Okay. Um, The creativity that comes from that is usually me trying to, um, trying to elaborate on that um, and work through that. My anxiety can make me very productive and my OCD can make me very funny. Um, My depression is not that creative at all. (laughs) It's, It's the opposite of creative. Okay. Okay. Um, the one of the things that uh, Tony Robbins does, and, and and speaking of that inner dialogue, mm. one of the things you do if you go to uh, uh, unleash the what's it called? Oh my god! Uh, 
Seven now? Yeah, unleash Experience? the power. Unleash the oh. power within UPW. Oh, really? yeah. Unleash the power within. I'm sorry, I just was blanking there for a second. Is that he, which is before the pre-pandemic, it's, by the way, this is 10, 15 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. I went into this thing. But it's still filming today. But there's this thing he makes you say. And you imagine a room of 2,000, 3,000 people all standing up and saying this at the same time in unison as you say, now I am the voice. So you override your own voice, right? Yeah. Now I'm yeah. the voice. I will lead, not follow. I will believe, not doubt. I will create, not destroy. I'm a force for good. I'm a leader. Defy the odds. Set a new standard. Step up. Now, if you make people stand up <laughs> and do that and scream that at the top of their lungs 50 times, yeah, it, it resonates with you. It gets hardwired because you habits and the way we are, the connections you make in the brain. Yeah. If you if you start believing that, even though you're just telling yourself that, but it's another dialogue that you're having with your inner brain, like you were saying yeah. before. It helped me stopping this victimization. I had, oh, yeah. so, oh, oh, poor Thomas. Everything's, <laughs> oh, everything's so hard for Thomas. What, what should Thomas do, right? I don't so, get to my enjoy, enjoy my Venezuela memories anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, but this whole, <laughs> everything is hard for Thomas. Why, yeah. is, it, why is Thomas always struggling? This, this, this victimization I was doing to myself, that helped that and also that depression. So I got off it. So I'm just saying this might not be right for everyone, but it helped for me. And I'm not trying to advocate Tony Robbins from one or the other. I mean, or, that is yeah. the, the the generic yeah. term for that is affirmations. That's the is, word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. So affirmation. So this is a very strong information. Yeah. And, and saying that to yourself had led me to be, stop this internal dialogue where yeah. I feel sorry for myself. Oh, and Thomas. that's the thing, like ha having that affirmation in that situation where you're literally surrounded by people who are shouting that, yeah. that is... Is it not only releases you from your negative thought patterns, yes. it also releases you from the feeling of being scrutinized yes. and judged by the people around you because yes. everyone around you is doing the exact same thing, yes. wishing for the exact same thing. And so you feel included. Um, so yeah, that, that is the, I mean, that's the power of Tony Robbins is like, yeah. and that, that's really what self-help across the board yes. is, is giving you uh, kind of a platform and a plan to help you escape your cyclical thought patterns. Yes. Um, yes. And that, that really has, I mean, that I, I, I won't speak for everyone, but my personal experience with mental illness is not that I have the cyclical thought patterns. I find it quite easy to break out of that. They still exist. They're yeah. still there, but I'm not thinking them. Good. They're just, they're just in my head at, this, yeah. at, the, at the same time. Um, have my you, Have you seen the film Inside Out? I have, yes. I, I showed Absolutely. it to him. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing <laughs> film. It's, it's so cleverly done. It's so smartly done. Uh, hats off to Pixar for dealing with something. Uh, and especially when you have a little daughter, okay, is it the fear talking now? Yep. Is it uh, happiness talking? Who, who's in charge of the brain, right? And, and that way we can talk about your mental capacity, mental yep. illness without really talking about it. Because that is it's, the genius of yeah, that movie. Is, it is so smart. Is giving people yes. the vocabulary Correct. to talk about their feelings exactly. without saying like, I'm sad. Yes. It's yes. like, no, I'm feeling sadness. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so when you were saying that before, with when your OCD get together with your yeah. <laughs> depression and, and, and insomnia, I'm, I'm imagining this table, they're all sitting around now. No, I'm in charge. You're in charge. Yeah, you're anxiety in charge. is fear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so no, anxiety is anger. Yeah. Um, my depression is sadness, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. My OCD is fear. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well. Um, sadness you, definitely rules the roost in my head, though. Which one? one do you like the least which one would you most like to get rid of if you could depression 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 okay. is just so it's it's like a blanket that 
covers that just weighs everything down. Yeah. Um, I think with without that, like as much as I don't like buying into the capitalist paradigm, I definitely measure my worth on how well I can be productive. I want to create things. I want to do things. And depression is the one, the biggest hurdle that I have to get over every day to do that. Um, anxiety can feel that. OCD can feel that. Um, insomnia definitely can feel that. Uh, depression is definitely the thing that stops me from being creative. However, the depression is a re- is an exact response to the fact that I was overworking. Yeah. And so this is what happened. This is, uh, this is kind of where my brain went. Uh, so that, that, that kind of checks and balances that I have to do yeah. every day. Do you is, think it will be possible to get rid of your depression or is it part of your, who you are now? I live in hope yeah. that I can get through it. I do kind of regularly go to therapy yeah. and, and try to process and go through it. I have, there are periods in my life where depression is worse and periods in my life yeah. when depression is better. Yeah. I'm currently coming out of a depressive period. Good. Um, usually outwardly, it's not very noticeable. Okay. Um, but like some, like usually around in, in summer in Australia yeah. is bad time for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's too hot. Well, it's too hot, but also like around Christmas and the holiday break, yeah. I, that's usually when I start to, oh, okay. to dip. All right. Um, but so I, I guess like, I live in a world where I hope I can one day not feel depressed and I can go off medication. Yeah. But that being said, I am, I'm not pinning my hopes on that. Okay. I'm just existing. Okay. As I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly hope you can get, Fingers get rid crossed. of it. Yeah. yeah. How is that affecting your, you and your partner? Well, I have a philosophy of radical honesty. So before we were even serious, like yeah. it was like, look, this is, this is me. This is what I deal with. And this, this is, is the package. This is, this is what a day can look like. And you're, you're, you're meeting me at a time in my life when I'm feeling quite good, but there are days when I won't be able to be nice okay. when I just will have to not talk. Okay. My partner is a, the kindest person that you'll ever meet yeah. um, and just wants to kind of be there for okay. me. Yeah. So it has never caused a problem with that relationship. That being said, previous relationships, when I didn't know what was going on in my head as much yeah. and when I thought it was me and this was just my personality, yeah. that has caused problems in of relationships. Course. Of course. When so, so the self-awareness of what's going on and that comes with time and experience and wisdom, I guess, over the years. Absolutely. Trying to yeah. how do you adjust to those things? And I love that you, for your partner, bef- uh, when you met your partner, you labeled it. Yeah, <laughs> Full absolutely. display up front. Hey, I just want to, hey, here's the declaration. Just want to make sure <laughs> yeah. that you understand. Please give me your laundry list. Here's yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, we're all fly with package. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's that's what I said. Like, I, I know how hard it is to live with myself with depression. Yeah. So if this is going to be a problem for you, I won't hold it against you. Oh, like, and of that's, course, of course. And that's something that I've said to prospective partners for yeah. ever since I've had the vocabulary to do it. Yeah. And again, that's that, that tool set and that expression of yeah. that movie inside out. That's why it's so brilliant. Yeah. It gives you everyone, even a small kit, an understanding of yeah. what's going on inside our brain because we human beings are complicated. Yeah. And we are, we are wired weirdly. We've got what, three brains. Yeah. It's just, and then one <laughs> came after the other and it's just trying to adjust it, right? Yep, absolutely. And yep. that's the thing. Now we're living in a society that our brains were not designed to, nope. to cope with. Nope. Uh, and constantly trying to uh, grapple with, with how we 
we yep. integrate into society and, yes. and, and the world that we live in now. Yep. So, But you mentioned earlier that you said the studies have not proven it, but your belief that... That the best that that creativity, creative people are more more inclined to be, or yeah. do you think there's a correlation? So there? there, there's definitely a correlation yeah. of people with mental illnesses and mental abnormalities, uh, and people who are creative. So mm. either in the arts or in arts adjacent, science and arts. There has been they haven't been able to prove that the arts cause mental illness, and they haven't been able to prove that mental illness cause creativity. Yeah, like a greater amount of creativity. So the current thought is that people who have, uh, who are not neurotypical, um, are basically drawn to the creative arts for that extra expression, um, or the ability to, to, uh, to communicate their difference or justify their difference. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it comes with the territory of being creative. Let's, you mentioned Van Gogh earlier. We can Mm -hmm. talk about Edward Monk. We can talk about all these amazing, um, uh, painters, Picasso. They were so poor. Yeah. They were so poor. Right. I mean, they couldn't make ends meet. And if you constantly live in a world of struggle, struggle. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at Maslow's uh, pyramid for your needs, right? You know, you got to have a shelter, you got a food, you got, but these things cost money, right? And yeah. you constantly have to trade a painting just to eat. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. And I don't care who you are and how strong you are. That's going to affect your mental health. Absolutely. And so I think there is a correlation between being understood only after you're dead and being valued, so to speak, only after you're dead. And you Absolutely. have to struggle with that throughout your entire life. And I think there there's a correlation where creatives are living on the edge without the career plans <laughs> and without <laughs> the pension plan and without the nine to five. I think there's something there that maybe creates that mental illness, mental struggle, at least yeah, a struggle. It, it could definitely be the, the struggle. And because if I look at my, uh, at my age, I look at my, 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 my friends and those people who did not go into creative businesses, right? <laughs> They're doing super well, right? They got multiple houses, they got vacation homes, they got, you know, yeah. when I said talk to them, like you guys are living in a completely different world, <laughs> right? And it's just because they didn't focus on the creativity. They didn't yeah. take chances. Well, yeah. they took, of course they took chances. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we all take chances, but they didn't take extreme chances. That is as normally when you are a creative. Yeah. And that puts you in a position where you are more easily succumbed to. Well, I I, I think it gives you a, a choice of a success that isn't necessarily tied to profit, where success for a creative person is the creation yeah. rather than the successful sale of the creation. Yes. So creating a business is a form of creation, but success is how much you can sell it for. Yes. Whereas creating a masterpiece work of art yeah. is the creation of it is the is the success. Correct. The sale is secondary. Correct. So, and that's, that's I guess, I mean, I, uh, I I have come out as a socialist on this podcast before. So I guess that is just the- you have? I don't think we discussed that. Okay, well- You, you did mention a lot. You did mention the last uh, podcast. You did mention on- On, on the, my playlist. Your playlist, what is- <laughs> I'm the an angry, angry communist. <laughs> it sort of gave things away, all right? Um, yeah, that that kind of uh, disconnect between the creative arts and and capitalism, basically. Well, I'm not far off you when it comes to being a socialist. Growing up in in the 70s in Denmark, it was we we're all socialists back then. Of course. Um, so it's a different time. Um, um, there's a book written called Conscious Capitalism, mm-hmm. written by um, the people who started Whole Foods. 
And it's an amazing book. It talks about capitalism can be a force for good, where you can win, 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 win. You know, so consumer wins, the environment wins, we win, the shareholders wins. But then they turn around and sold the whole company for $14 billion yeah. to Amazon. So <laughs> suddenly their, their book sort of evaporated. But yeah. Um, Look, in my, in, my, in my optimistic times, I do feel that capitalism is changing to be a force for good. All the business owners that I speak to are kind of moving towards a more conscious business uh more conscious business practices, mm. but it's so slow um, that, you know, and this is something that my mental illness plays into a lot because it's like, it's so easy to get angry about anything that happens in the world <laughs> because it's so different to the way yeah. that things I would want to happen in the world yeah. are going. But also we live in a world where we woke up, we wake up and the first thing we do is turn on our phone and we're just yeah. flooded with messages, right? And flooded with news and 90% of the news out there, 95 is just really bad. Yeah. It upsets us, right? I mean, we talked early on about the political divide in America right now, but it doesn't matter which side you're on. You still wake up, you get angry because yeah. you're angry about the other side, right? The other side keeps blaming that whatever they're stealing, they're lying. Both, anyway, it, it, we live in a world where it's just, we are bombarded with bad yeah. news and we live in a world with constant social interaction and we live in a world where it used to be, you know, we, 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 I read a study once and I can't quote it, but I, let me see if I can, I can remember what it is, but a person living in 18, 17, something, 18, something, right. They, they would have the knowledge of what would appear in one daily newspaper, right. Yeah. Something about New York times. I can't remember all the details, but basically their knowledge was just very limited, right. You, you know, how, you know, you know how to shoe a horse, right. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know how to fix a window, right. You know how to make a little shoe. That's it, right. That was your world. That was what you that's what your father did. That's what your son is going to do. That's it. That's the business in yep. the story, right? And now we live in this world where we have multiple, multiple angles and information. And and I think Eric Smith said at one point that if you took uh, all the information um, leading from the first cave painting, every painting, every story, every book, every newspaper written up until I think it was 1995 or 2000, it would take up, what was it? Was it two terabyte of data or something yeah. like that? Now we create two terabyte of data every year. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just, just the, the, the amount of information and it's information overload. And so if you are prone to have stress, you know, stress <laughs> or being challenged yeah. by mental conditions, this doesn't help. This environment yeah. does not help. We live in a world that is constantly bombarding. And plus the advertising industry is trying to tell, this is the way you're supposed to look. This is the way you're supposed to feel. Look at that happy family. Look at yeah, all why drinking. Why are you happy? Why are you happy? Look at the <laughs> drinking that fizzy drink. Everybody should be happy, 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 right? Yeah. So we, there's self-loathing and images. And I mean, it's, 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 it's real. So yeah long rant about that but we are we're living in a time that is that is constant change which is not easy when you're trying to be mentally safe yeah and mentally good absolutely that's, that's what i'm saying well that's the thing like the world doesn't make any allowances for your mental health no the world is it exists as it does and you have to make that for yourself yes um and that that's really what mindfulness practice and everything is is like this is who i am this is what i'm doing and this practice isn't healthy for me this one isn't damaging me so i'm gonna do i'm not gonna turn my phone on before yeah. 11 a.m yeah i'm not going to i'm not gonna read the news until no. the evening <laughs> or anything like that yeah um so yeah i mean that i, I would love to hear what other people have to say about 
how their mental state plays into their creativity. But before we end, shall we do our top threes? Let's do our top threes. So So I suggested top three representations of mental illness in media. So it could be a book, could be a painting, could be a movie, a TV series, anything that you can consume. Yes. Um, So, yeah. So what did, what do you think? I'm I'm interested to see what, what your, (laughs) what your top three are. Um, Well, there are some amazing movies out there who really deals with mental illness in a, in a, in a good way, in a positive way and put a, positive spin on it i think that the australian film shine yeah, from 96 jeffrey ross is such an amazing film and it's it shows the good and the bad and it shows someone it's a long time ago i've seen the film that she ends up marrying him knowing this is the full yeah. package this yeah. is what you're going to deal with but she's okay with it because she sees the positive in him yeah. and not what many people see the negative or the bad things and the hard stuff because that's also part of the package yeah and it's just a beautiful celebration of life in all its forms. And I remember being very teary-eyed when I watched it. And I think it's it's absolutely it's 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 a really good film. And it's a it's a great demonstration of the interaction between mental illness yes. and creativity. Like yes, yes absolutely. He, those those two in that movie are in inseparable. Yeah. Uh, in the discussion. And yeah. yeah, it's a it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. I should watch that movie. It's a again. really good movie. I used it's to have really it on DVD. Well I, I don't think I do anymore. No. Oh, do you have a DVD player still? I do. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's not very 2020 of you. That's not very 2020. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is a gaming system, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It has a different main function. This is a side product. Okay, well, then there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my my first one is uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. So the, the one that I'm specifically talking about is the uncle, played by Steve Carell, who yeah. is staying with the family because he's had a breakdown. He's suffering from depression because of a, a breakup. His his partner left him for another competing scholar. Um, and the way, the thing I like about this representation is it's not solved at the end of the movie by the road trip and he's dealing with it the whole way through. And he's not, he's not portrayed as this person that needs to be cared for the whole way. He's not, not this, uh, broken person. Yeah. He's still someone they come to for wisdom. Yes. He's still someone they come to for help, but he still is struggling in his own way. Um, and he's not, he's not just his mental illness. And I think the way that it's dealt with in Little Miss sunshine is very both respectful um but also very honest it's it's not it doesn't feel there are when i say like best representations i'm talking about real representations and not like overly dramatized like well, look, I, I, I'll name some at the end that kind of came up on a couple of lists when I was doing my research, like, have I missed any? And like, it's like, oh, I wouldn't call that a responsible uh, Got it. portrayal of mental illness because that's not what the experience really is. Okay. Uh, but Little Miss Sunshine, Steve Carell's character okay. is, is great. I like that. Um, the other one that comes onto my mind is A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. With Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe in Australian, I guess. <laughs> well, he's actually Kiwi, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's, he's from, from New Zealand. Zealand yeah. yeah. But I guess the Australians claim him as their own. Yeah. Yeah, he had his break in Australia. Yes, yeah. and uh, and owns a rugby club. But that's that's what yes. we're going to talk yeah. about. Um, yeah, no, I think that uh, this time it's a math- mathematical genius, and he's trying to cope with a world that's changing around him and how he's dealing with it. And I think it's a 
beautiful again accomplishment and celebration of that's okay to be different and it's yeah. it's okay to do things differently and i think that film does it in a way that the mainstream and normal people can deal with it yeah because many people don't know how to deal with you know um yeah like that's the, the they don't know how to deal with people with mental illness because they're like it's a taboo it's yeah, still a taboo and yeah. now i'm going to generalize i'm going to offend a lot of americans now and, and i'm sorry to do that but they live for six years but the amount of mental ill people on the, on, on the streets is, is a lot because there's no place for them to go there's no healthcare system but also when they act out it's easier for the police to just shoot them yeah i'm sorry i'm saying this but then it is to send somebody out who can help them yeah well, and talk it's, to it's them much and listen to, to them right prison so, them then put them yeah in, in so so okay. yeah so uh, and, and i and i say this because i i am very much part of, of of america and i love america and california but it's just it's not the right approach to use guns yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 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 brutality in front of someone who is mentally ill when yeah. when, when a health worker mental health worker which which could do a much better job yeah but those those are not first responders unfortunately so yeah i think uh a beautiful mind ties the the mental illness into the actual filmic structure yes really well and yeah. i and i think i'll tie that into my next yeah uh, one which is also a film called owning mahoney oh i haven't uh, seen that owning mahoney is philip seymour hoffman maybe maybe my favorite of his pieces really? wow I and it's out. about it's about a man who has a gambling addiction ah. and he works at a bank um and it's about him borrowing money borrowing cash flow is it about, it's about positive cash flow basically yeah <laughs> um but again it's it's tied into the actual pacing of the film and the story where you're like oh god is he gonna is he gonna get it can he fix this and then he does fix it and then you're like oh okay but then he goes back and gambles more of course he and does. you're like why how are you doing this as a gambler yeah and it's it like the the narrative and the the pacing of the film is so tied up in this in his own experience of this compulsion that uh yeah it's maybe my favorite philip seymour hoffman it's very understated like philip seymour hoffman has a lot of range and he does a lot he's, he's kind of a quiet person yeah. in owning mahoney but absolutely uh flawless flawless performance and very compelling movie. Wow. Yeah. What was the movie again? Owning Mahoney. Owning Mahoney. I, yep. I don't know that movie, so I'll check it out. Thank you yep. so much. My uh, my last one is Inside Out. I have to get credit to this film because it just, again, dealing with the kids and talking yep. about what's going on. Now you're stressed. Now you're upset. Now you're sad. Now you're happy. This is just things happening in your brain. And, yep. and give her, a six-year-old, a vocabulary to understand. It's just it's just sheer genius, that film. That film is just works on so many levels even for adults, for kids, for everyone. As you said before, it gives us common language that we can use when we're acting and we're talking about yeah. it. So it has to be has to be the one. It's, it's just impressive. Absolutely. I'm surprised it didn't go on my list. It should be on my list. Um, I also agree. Like the For me, the most powerful part of that is when the memory changes and it's no longer just joyful, it's now joyful and sad. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yes. Because then, because it's also joyful and sad for the parents and yeah. you can talk yeah. about that. You yes, can exactly. connect through that. Yes, there was a lot of criticism about that because people yeah. want to just remove the sadness because we just want to be happy, 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 happy yeah. all the time. But nobody's happy, happy, happy yeah. all the time. We need to have sadness. You're not it's healthy a, if you're no. happy all the time. <laughs> we need to have moments where we recharge, where we're a little bit reflective or yeah. down or blue or sad. So, yeah, that's, um, that's part of a healthy human being from a mental perspective. Absolutely. Inside Out is a, is a great movie. My final one is Jessica Jones. The whole first season is a great, such a great portrayal of PTSD. Oh, 
Oh, right. Um, where the story and the character are making decisions that like, you're like, okay, she's just an irresponsible person. But the more you learn about the relationship, the more the interactions with the people around her, you're like, okay, this is, there's damage done here. And the catharsis that you feel at the end when she kind of overcomes that barrier that she's been fighting the whole time, it is, um, she overcomes the barrier, but the mental illness doesn't go away. Mm. It's still like, okay, we've achieved this, but we still have to keep working on it. Yeah. Um, I think that is the is a very subtle way of dealing it because, because again, you have 10 hours to deal with it rather than two hours of yes, a film. Yes. Um, yeah, so Jessica Jones, uh, ep- uh, season season one of Jessica Jones okay. is, is, is a really responsible uh, uh, portrayal okay. of PTSD rather than kind of an like- over-the-top. And the movie that comes off the top with, with comes to mind with over the top representation of uh, mental illness is uh, Black Swan. Is like we know what's happening, but no one's ever looked in a mirror and like cracked their face, and then suddenly they're somewhere else. And if that has happened. If, if that has happened somewhere, like that's that's probably a, a cheap way of actually representing that because it's more about the emotion, yeah. less about what they're seeing. Yes, I see what um, you're saying. So where all, all of my all of my uh, recommendations, all of my my top three here, are very much the motivations and the emotions of the characters are pushing the narrative, mm. um, rather than the mental illness being an outside force that is acting on the character. Yeah, I like that. I want to give a little shout out to a film called Magnolia. Did you ever see that? Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't. There's there's moments of mental illness in that film, but what what's really amazing about that film is that each time introduce a new character, we see the character on from their bad side. Yeah. Right. You know, one is ordering some porn magazines. I think it's Phyllis Hoffman, Hoffman's mm-hmm. character. You go, why is why would he do that? And then we found later on he's giving someone else who needs it. It's just, and we see um, uh, the woman, what's her name, uh, inside a store being neurotic and crazy, yep. and and later on we found out why. So it. Every time he introduces the character, we immediately judge him for something bad. But mm. what you see is not what you're going to get. And then you find out why they're doing the things they are. And I think that we live in a world where we so easily... Uh, Latch onto our first yeah, impression. Yes, and yeah. label people and say, that's the way it is. And that's how it is. And I just think this we does it in a in a very different way. And, and hats off to is it Paul Thomas Anderson, I think it is. I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a strong film. We can talk about frogs uh, <laughs> raining from the sky and why that happened, but that's a different story. But I just think that it, it, it's it's not necessarily, there's, there's aspects of mental illness in it, but it's just the way he portrays yep. how we quickly judge people and put them in a compartment or, or label them. I yeah. like that. So Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, those are our top three. So that's our that's our episode yeah. for this week. And again, week. Shane, uh, thank you for uh, Shane for for opening up and for talking about this, which is a you know a tough subject. And uh, yeah, want to share. Mean, I think that it's important. I, I do like to break down the taboos. Like I I do have a philosophy of radical honesty. So if yeah. people ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to say not great today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you don't want to hear any more, don't ask. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so if you have any any questions or concerns or you want to reach out, feel free. Please do over our email. Um, and we will, we will, if you, if you want us to read something out yeah. and it, and it's, uh, appropriate to yeah. air, we yeah. definitely will. Yeah. We want to create a, a, a community of creatives here. So, and a safe space. And a safe space. Where we can share and help and grow together. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's our desire and hope, um, coming out of pandemic and multiple <laughs> lockdowns. Absolutely. Pandemic yeah. has been hard for creatives, probably above and beyond everyone else. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Or at least in their own special way. But we'll be back next week with another episode and, uh, maybe besides healthcare workers <laughs> maybe yeah okay uh, <laughs> all right and uh we'll talk to you soon okay thank you 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.